0: You're listening to the Money Web Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live-streamed every weekday at
1: 6.30am. It's Friday, 8 December, Japan's third quarter quarter-on-quarter GDP comes in at minus 0.7%. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, in the chat with Jimmy Moyoho, Spur closes that deal on the Doppio Group. It's a small acquisition. I want to get us thinking around Spur. Nice little business, debt-free, Are we're going to be buying more Spur burgers next year. And British American Tobacco sees 25 billion pounds go up in smoke via write-downs. Mayer, he from Nedbank Corporate, talking COP28, but also farmers and how farmers can manage in the fight against climate change. And some thoughts from you in 2023, a tough year, but markets have done just fine. Thank you. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines, MoneyWeb, navigating the variety and complexity of SA income funds. Not all funds are created equal. Understand the risk characteristics and potential returns. Business day, consumers lose festive cheer amid economic woes. Brace for a bleak Christmas. Sales of big ticket discretionary goods, especially interest-rate-sensitive goods likely to underperform. Morning markets. US was green. S&P up 0.8%, and NASDAQ up 1.5%. Over in the east, it is mixed. Sydney up a percent Tokyo down 1.7%. Commodities, all green. Gold, 2049. Brent, 7517. Platinum, 917. Palladium, 981. Rand, 1876. Bitcoin, 43,410 cent down one and three quarter percent in the Hong Kong lunch break, and top 40 looking for a green open just under 200 points that's 0.25 percent higher.
0: MoneyWeb now on the money, also available on podcast.
1: Starting now with uh, Jimmy Moyaha. Uh, Jimmy, appreciate the early morning. Spur announced yesterday that the Doppio deal is now a done deal. In of itself, a relatively small deal. But Spur is a stock. I mean, it's an interesting stock. It's been, it's been doing fairly well. The results aren't bad. The balance sheet looks good. Consumers might be even shopping out or eating out a little bit more next year. Is it a stock you like?
2: Simon, do you remember the pandemic when Spur was threatening to close down forever? Yes. This is a very, very different time yes. from that. Um, I caught up with, with Val a couple of weeks ago uh, to to discuss the results and the performance. And it's it's almost as if it's a completely different business. This is not the same business that just two or three years ago, was facing an existential crisis, started a ghost kitchen model that didn't really take off, Mm -hmm. and now you're buying up brands like Doppio and you're owning um, the Hussar Grill brands, the John Dory brands, you're expanding the John Dory brands and you're just putting them in all the malls. They're really, really doing well at the moment. They've really turned uh, turned the business around. They're strategically uh, placing their risk across uh, the value the, the food chain rather than the and the customer base i mean if you look at the the target market uh, whether you 're looking at age demographic whether you 're looking at preferences, they pretty much cater for quite a lot so uh, very impressive uh, for the business and I remember when we caught up uh, around this uh, Doppio acquisition, uh, it was just further strengthening that narrative that they can spread themselves now across various segments, whether you're looking at um, a lower LSM, a, a higher LSM, whether you're looking at um, geographical areas like Melrose Arch, or you're looking at um, a spur sitting in a, in a Cosmos City Mall. So uh, the business is really doing well, really uh, spreading themselves quite nicely, and diversification uh, is, is likely to pay off for them. I think the most important thing is is the debt uh, that you mentioned, is having lower debt levels uh, at higher interest rate environments is is, is quite a good thing, number one. But number two, in the event that something like the pandemic or even similar to the pandemic starts to uh, were to happen again, you're sitting with uh, a book of business or uh, an overall business that is lighter and nimble and -hmm. can survive headwinds like uh, losing customers for extended periods of time. So Very good uh, that the business was able to recover. I mean, I think it would have been quite unfortunate to see the business um, go out of business following the pandemic, but it's very nice to see that they've, turned uh, the corner, and I think, yes, they're definitely worthwhile uh, looking at it from an investment point of view. They're certainly on my radar, and I'll certainly keep an eye out to see if there are any price levels that I do like uh, on the Spur stock, and then see if that's worth a, ta- a punt.
1: Yeah, And I take the point, it's the nimble, I mean, the old Spur. I remember their first deal. Basically, they bought the coffee shop at the basement of their building. They had their head office, and they're much more nimble there out and about. British American Tobacco, uh, early in the week, puts out a notification an update, uh, and update, and Barry in the, well, I suppose not the small print, but in there somewhere, is that they're going to write down 25 billion pounds of uh, combustible assets, otherwise known as cigarettes. That's uh, over half a trillion czar. Uh, someone on Twitter, and I can't remember who to credit them, said this can't be a defensive stock when your customers are all trying to quit you and governments are trying to put you out of business. You're taking British American Tobacco, sterling dividend. Very, very nice. But defensive? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, let's start with the dividend,
2: 8.7 or 8, which is above 8.5% dividend yield. That's impressive by any measure. Yeah. Um, but the announcement and the impairment, I think, I, first of all, when, when you sort of glance over the initial price movement and uh, the, the forward guidance that was given by the business, uh, I, I almost had PTSD thinking back to the <laughs> pandemic. You know, when those companies would give out negative guidance or negative outlooks and the shares would just react dramatically because we didn't know what was coming next. This was around 2022 and we were all uh, jittery in the market market. So I I read the announcement and I was like, oh, that's that's one of those things. But then you read deeper into uh, exactly as you mentioned that impairment and the rationale behind the impairment is they want to become a smoke-free company. Mm. And I couldn't help but sit there and think, that's asking Lamborghini to make minivans, (laughs) or Lamborghini comes out and says, we're making a minivan, and suddenly we're like, but you're not known for this, right? So we haven't associated you with this. It's a noble effort, and we appreciate the effort to... Uh, sort of go the cleaner route and to provide uh, alternative smoke-free solutions or to be a non-smoke company by a certain time. We've seen companies like um, Audi want to do that with their vehicles, mm-hmm. BP wants to do that with their fuels, and it's, it's been well-received in those circles. Um, I just don't know if it makes any real sense for a company that has the name tobacco in it to want to be a uh, smoke-free organization or by a certain date. So I wonder what the, the alternative is. I wonder what the, the market must be thinking. Well, if that's the route, then what are you going to do? do yes. um so hey. remains to be seen what what the outcome is there uh whether or not it sits as a defensive stock at this stage i think there was a point where it was i think there was uh, a time where we we would look at uh companies like bat because the consumption was always there uh, and th- that consumption you saw it come through even during covid even with people buying um Counterfeit and illicit cigarettes Mm. and uh, companies like BAT were still able to go through COVID and say, oh, okay, there's still clearly a demand for our product. So now you're saying to uh, your same customer base that we're not going to – I guess maybe we we could be interpreting the statement – in in a manner that BAT may not have wanted us to interpret it, but the market certainly found that ten uh, percent was enough of a share price move on on the day that the announcement dropped. It did recover yesterday. I think we, yeah. we were uh, rebounded about two percent yesterday. So I'll be interested to see where to for for the company from here.
1: Yeah, and it is literally a where to. It's in your name. You don't want your name anymore, Jimmy. We I always appreciate the early morning, and that's our poll today: LinkedIn and X. Is British American Tobacco a defence of stock? Have your vote. Have your say.
3: Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stan Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
0: MoneyWeb now on The Money.
3: I'm joining with Zan Meyer, Head of Agricultural
1: Commodities at NetBank Corporate and Investment Banking. Zon, appreciate the time today. COP28 is ongoing. For farmers in South Africa and even more widely into the African continent, climate change is a real challenge and in some cases a real threat for them.
0: Simon, yes, thank you for having me. You're 100% correct. And I think it's become more prevalent in the last five to 10 years in terms of farmers facing these quite unnatural phenomenon like strong winds. We've got hail in areas which were never hail prone. I don't need to tell you about the recent floods in the Western Mm -hmm. Cape. And then, of course, the droughts that we've been experiencing recently and and another one in terms of El Nino coming up. So I think there's two things that we need to address here is the challenges for South African farmers, which I think are infinitely more, let's call it, equipped to actually face these challenges in terms of access to finance and I think access to technology and imagery and new insurance products that actually forces them or not forces them but allows them to mitigate some of the risk. And then secondly, our small-scale farmers up on the African continent who unfortunately does not in most cases have access to these sophisticated tools and finance to assist them and actually overcome these challenges. So there's challenges in terms of food security on the African continent, but it's distinctly linked to the fact that climate change is having a severe impact on the sustainability of these production mechanisms.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the weather and it has just been, it seems every year it just gets a little bit crazier. You've got some strategies that can help farmers, for example insurance and I appreciate that that's perhaps more of a big scale farmer solution than usual but it's something which perhaps becomes more prevalent and maybe needs to be more specific around climate change.
0: No, 100%. And I think what we've moved towards in recent years, especially on on African agriculture, where small scale farmers are, as you would appreciate, very difficult to insure, purely by nature of the fact Mm -hmm. that they produce on a hectare or less, they don't own the land, it's very difficult to actually go and assess the cost of placing insurance in markets like that, it's just prohibitive. So I think from our side and from insurers who think a bit differently about the risks in Africa, Index-based insurance are becoming something that is very exciting for us as banks. It doesn't specifically relate to a per-farmer exposure or a per-farmer risk. It actually relates to an area, and those insurance policies actually respond to something like below-average rainfall, above-average temperatures for a prolonged period of time, and then those policies would pay out. From a South African perspective, what we have seen is that insurance against natural disasters such as hail has become prohibitively expensive, even in areas, as I previously mentioned, where insurance against hail was actually a non-event because it was never a Mm -hmm. hail-prone area. I'm thinking specifically of the Lungkloof, which recently had massive hailstorms, devastating orchards in that area. Insurance premiums are just too expensive for these farmers. It's become something that's a bit of a luxury. And you mentioned about techniques. Farmers have gone to banks like us, to look for financing for huge capital expenditure related to shade netting and, and other tools that will equip them against these natural disasters now we're obviously quite keen as a bank to protect our farmers against these type of calamities and hence we've actually developed specific products to allow our farmers to get access to finance for insurance that can cost anything from 180 to 250 thousand rand a hectare massive capital expenditure but worth it in the long run not only because of climate change, but also because of the fact that farmers save huge amounts of water. We know that water is an issue in South Africa and agriculture is the largest user of water. It pushes banks to think a bit differently about these types of
1: things. And that is perhaps the best way to respond to it, which is, you know, climate change is change and we need to, as farmers, yourselves, as bankers, we need to come with different approaches to solve the problem.
0: that's right, but there's also an onus on our farmers to think differently about climate change and the impact that they can have on the environment. And we talk about things like conservation and regenerative agriculture. And what we have seen is large commercial farmers are taking up these practices. It's not only about soil moisture conservation. It's about mulching in the soil. It's about minimum till practices. These things cost money and it takes time. And it actually takes a bit of guts for farmers to move away from conventional agriculture in terms of plowing the soil and just putting more and more fertilizer on the soil year on year to actually increase or even in some cases just maintain the yield. I think it works both ways. And farmers will realize that they have a responsibility in terms of carbon sink, making sure that their soil is not just dirt, but actually soil. We work with those farmers to make sure it's a partnership. So it's not only banks and financing. Farmers have a great role to play in terms of conservation agriculture, making sure the continent is food secure.
1: I take your point. I mean, farming is not what it was in our grandparents' generation. It has become modernized. And you mentioned technology. I imagine there's a a fairly good role that technology can play in, in this space as well.
0: And we know the problems we face in South Africa in terms of energy. You know, we we talk about our irrigation farmers, the technology in terms of variable drive, pivots, uh, irrigation systems, things like soil moisture probes, electronic ignition of irrigation systems and programs to allow the right type of quantity of water on the soil at the right time of day, obviously preempting rainfall and, and mm-hmm. things like that. It's become critical for farmers to adopt that technology because, as you rightly said, things that our previous generations did is not necessarily the right thing Today and, and we can do better by using technology that's available to the farming system.
1: What are some of the other strategies? I mean, we've touched on some of them, but you must have other strategies up your sleeve which are just beyond the realm of a non-farmer like me conceiving.
0: I think important and, and if one looks at a strategy in terms of African agriculture. I mentioned to you the difficulty of ensuring these farmers, and, mm-hmm. and there are literally millions of them. You know, uh, <laughs> GDP on the African continent is more than 30% related to agriculture and 60 wow. to 70 percent of our workforce on the African continent is related directly or indirectly to agriculture. It is incredibly difficult for a commercial bank, like NetBank and all the other commercial banks on the continent to individually finance these farmers, especially if one looks at the let's call it traditional way of funding production finance. You look at the value of the land, you place the mortgage bond on it and you use that collateral as security for the loan. That cannot happen north of the limpopo river those farmers generally don't own the land it actually pushes financiers like us to think differently about this and one of the models that we've adopted is wholesale finance into aggregators or supplies of technology inputs and then also markets to these farmers. And there, you know, the names like ETG and then there's some of the larger aggregators on the African continent comes to mind. And some of these entities actually touches the lives of literally millions of small scale farmers by doing two things, actually three. They're providing them with inputs such as fertilizers, seed, insecticides and herbicides. The second thing is they provide them with technical knowledge in terms of aspects such as conservation agriculture, planting the right type of crop in the right type of soil at the right time. I'm going applying the right type of chemicals and fertilizer. And then the third thing is applying them a market. It is crucial for these farmers to have an offtake, to actually physically generate income. And these guys do it extremely well. And it's a two-way tool. It provides the farmers a sustainable livelihood. And it also supplies our client trade for stock in terms of his business. So these guys would either secondary process the commodities on the continent or export it to markets offshore. But it all aids in terms of food security on the continent.
1: It is. And ultimately, we kind of forget that farmers are about food security. And at that point, they really are at the top of the pyramid. we we'll leave it there. Zahn Mayer, Head of Agriculture, Commodities, Netbank, Corporate Investment Banking. Appreciate the time.
3: There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income Of your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorised financial services provider and a registered manager.
0: Moneyweb now on the money.
1: Twenty twenty-three has been a year it's given it horns and it feels like the market has absolutely beaten us silly. Not the U.S. market, of course, the local market. And truthfully, top 40, uh, it's about 6 or 7% up year to date. Uh, that is total return. But if you look at some of the stocks, we've got uh, Mplats down 65%, Sabania down 50%, multi-choice of 41%, 27 down, MTN, Vodacom, British American Tobacco all down 14%. It feels like a battering. But there's the other side of the equation. There's a ton of green from some of the boring. Harmony, okay, up 93%. But let's park Harmony aside. Sunlam up almost 50%. Aspen, almost 40%. Kumba up 33%. Mondi, 26 Standard Bank up 25 Bidcorp up 23 Even Little Old ShopRite up 18%. There was money to be made in the market this year. And it wasn't perhaps in some of the more obvious places aside of course harmony and goldfield <laughs> That's it for today. We were chatting with you and also our old mutual chief economist. Q3 GDP came in negative on Wednesday. We asked what you thought uh, Q4 would be. Could it also be negative? And would that then, of course, be a technical recession? Over half of you said, yeah, it's going to be negative and we are in trouble. Just over a quarter said, you know what? Regardless, it's just not enough GDP, whether it's a minus 0.2 or a plus 0.2 it's not enough. The rest said, nope, we can avoid it All we'll will be good. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every week that morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7.00. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nubochle, Nicole, to you for listening. My guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Moneyweb Now. We'll try again Monday. Crypto.
0: You've been listening to another Moneyweb Now podcast posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za Moneyweb Now. On the money.